Well, hey, good morning, church. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you. It's Unavos Sunday. It's good to be with you uh, with our Hispanic brothers and sisters, just worshiping with one voice. Uh, this is just such a great day uh, to be together. As you can see, we're continuing in our Missing Jesus series. We're, we're not necessarily looking at the what and the how of Jesus, right? We're not necessarily looking at book, chapter, verse. We're, most, we're still looking at the who and the why, right? We're, we're, we're trying to figure out what, who was Jesus, you know, how do you live on this earth? You know, Chris kind of mentioned something uh, that, that kind of got my, my brain spinning. He said, do we, do we do this to Jesus? Sometimes we dissect the story of Jesus to such an extent that we end up with a cadaver rather than a living Jesus that continues to inspire, challenge, and embrace us. And that got me thinking about I've recently started watching soccer, okay? And, and I grew up playing soccer until I was five, and my parents are watching, and I believe if they would have let me kept playing travel ball, I would have been the next soccer star, all right? But they didn't let me do that. It was too much money or too much traveling, and they wanted me to, to stay here or whatever, and so I, I blame my parents uh, for not allowing me to, to live out my true self, my true form. So I, so I started not liking soccer. I quit playing soccer. I was mad at the sport, mad at my parents. Um, and, I, you know, I grew up thinking it was like the communist sport, right? Like, that's the sport of communists. In America, we play real football. We play tackle football, right? Um, and so uh, I just, I despise soccer. I never watched it. Well, recently, a few, a few months ago, I started working uh, some CFC games at our local soccer club uh, here in town. The, the don't worry about the Red Wolves. Th those are not our soccer club. Our soccer club is CFC. Um, but anyway, I started working uh, those games, and I started noticing different things about soccer that, that maybe I missed. Um, I started noticing the way they, they kicked the ball in a different way. They, they strategized where, where each player would go, and, and then there's the celebration of just one goal. It was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. So I started watching some more of it. I started following a team. And I tell you what, I watch soccer now more than I watch football. I really do. And, and our, our Hispanic brothers and sisters are like, yeah, we told you so. That's the better football. Um, and, and so have we done that to Jesus? Have, have we just, do we, do we think we know all the, all the things about Jesus? Do we know the book, chapter, and verse? We know what he was. He was the son of God. He, he, he came and forgave our sins. We, we know what he did. We know how he did it. But do, do we know who he is? And so I'm thankful for this series. I'm thankful to, to be with you this morning talking about the characteristics of Jesus. And so it being Univo Sunday and, and preparing for this lesson, I thought about what do I need to think about? What do I need to preach about? And I thought of Marco. You know, Brother Marco is in Central America right now, and Marco is just full of joy. I, I asked him to send me a selfie of him this week. He sent me two of them, by the way. <laughs> That's just Marco. But Marco is just full of joy. He, he's always smiling. When he was in the hallways at church, he would whistle, and he would come in, he would say, hello, brother, how are you doing? Marco exhibits joy. And I know our Hispanic ministry knows that. And so have we missed the joy of Jesus? Are, are we missing out on the joy of Jesus? What, 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 even, what even is the joy of Jesus? Did, did he even have joy? I mean, after all, there's, there's no Bible verses about him smiling or, or laughing or telling a joke, allegedly. Well, do we even know if he was happy? I mean, you know, most of the Gospels are, are him just teaching and preaching or rebuking, oftentimes his own followers and disciples. Do, do we know if he was happy? Do, do we know if he had joy? I, 
Just imagine if you were Jesus for a minute, and just for a minute, just imagine walking every day, declaring the good news, and your own people hating you for it. And, and telling your disciples these commands and living it out for them to see and to hear and them messing up over and over again. Does that sound like a joyful life? I would be miserable. I'd be miserable if, if people were just not listening to me and, uh, and these people know that I'm coming. They know who I am and they reject me. We'd be miserable. But what even is joy? I mean, on the surface, joy is just a reaction to, to a situation, right? Like, we, we find joy when we go on a hike, or when we, when we you know, watch a football game, or when we have a, a nice, uh, juicy steak. We, we have joy. We're reacting to this beautiful moment. One of the most joyful moments I've ever had is when our softball team won the silver championship. And I know y'all are sick of hearing it. Yeah, I know y'all are sick of hearing it. But hey, I'm happy about it. I'll never experience that again. I know. We'll never win this championship again. But it was just so joyful to witness. And look, it was a beautiful time. We, we, we think joy is just this uncontrollable result of this experience that we're having. And so this morning, I want to challenge us to, to think more. And when we think about Jesus' joy, to think, think more. We're going to be in Luke 2.52, just one verse this morning. Um, let's go ahead and put it up on the screen. It says this, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You know, I, I think we've all read this verse, um, and we kind of interpret it as, yeah, this is a good-looking dude. You know, he was smart. You know, he knew all the Bible, and, and he was, you know, maybe a six foot three, you know, 195, had, had some muscles about him. He was a carpenter. What we think about this, but, but do we, have we missed the, the second part? Have, have we missed that being in favor with God and man? I mean, when, when we think about being in favor with God and man, we, we, we tend to believe that Jesus is probably a, a popular dude today. You know, I mean, he was probably, if he was in our church today and we were having votes for superlatives, he'd, he'd probably be most liked. I mean, who else would be? Probably most likely to succeed. I mean, conquering the world, uh, I don't know how you can beat that. He, he'd probably be a very popular figure here. But, but the time that Luke is writing this, this is before the miracles. This is before the baptism. This is, this is before the teachings. This is just a, a carpenter's son in small town Nazareth. This is just a, a before all the beauty. And so what I want us to do today is kind of break down this being in favor with God and being with favor with man. And so let's, let's talk about the first one. We learned in Colossians 2 that for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He, he was God in the flesh. And I think part of being God in the flesh means that you, you hold on to and you believe the attitude and the actions of God. And, and God loved life. I mean, I don't think you know this, but he created life. And in the first pages of the Bible, he says, this is good. He, he sees creation as good. He, he creates life from his own breath and he declares it good. It's good. And so I, I fully believe that Jesus enjoyed life. You know, we should too. There's so much beauty to life. There's so much beauty. Family, you know, nature. I love going out in nature and seeing the beauty of God. I love seeing the beauty in technology. I, lo I love to see the beauty in music and, and telling a funny joke. I, there's just so much goodness to life. 
And, and, and God sees it, and I think Jesus saw it and said, hey, this is good. This is so good. Jesus enjoyed life because his Father created it. Our, our Father created life, and Jesus enjoyed it, and I think that's why he had favor with him. And, and do, I, I, I was thinking about this. Do we really think that Jesus came down to this earth to redeem it and conquer and suffer for it because he didn't like it? I mean, we, we would never do that. And Jesus wouldn't do it. He came to this earth and, and redeemed it and died for it because he loves it. That's why he came to earth, guys. And so if we would think to do that ourselves, that would be nonsense. Jesus saved this world because he loves it. And, and I got to say this, and I think this was what kind of our problem is as Christians today when we, when we talk about joy. And, and I think some of us are missing out on a life of joy because we do not believe that God's creation is still good. I mean, how many people live our lives and, and see life as this crutch of evil rather than this canvas of goodness? How, how many of us live our lives in such a way that we're just trying to get through the day and we don't see any beauty in it? Is it, is it because we're doubting the goodness of life that God created it? I've been around a few homeless people uh, in my day, and some of them have better perspectives than those who live in a two-bedroom house with two cars in the garage. It's, it's all about perspective. Guys, if, if we believe that God's creation is good, man, we can enjoy that. We can enjoy life for it is good. So, so what about being in favor with man? Well, if Jesus enjoyed life and enjoyed the creation of God and all that's in it, I'm sure Jesus enjoyed people because God created people. Jesus enjoyed people. Um, you know, we, we never think about Jesus as a comedian. You know, we, we, we would consider uh, him probably the, the first guest at the dinner parties, right? I mean, Jewish people love throwing dinner parties. And you've got to believe that Jesus was the first guest. You know, he, he was turning water into wine. You know, he was telling jokes. We, we, we don't understand first century Jew, Jewish humor, but, but nothing was funnier to them than a mustard seed sprouting into this big bush and, and having these crows fly in and, 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 and rest on it. No, nothing was funnier to them than a, than a man building a house on the sand. That's ridiculous. Nothing was more funnier than them to, to a man carrying around a big plank in his eye. Those are jokes that Jesus told to his followers. He was, he was every much a comedian as he was a preacher. And, and I'm not saying that a, a guideline for, for joyful life is being a comedian. Because that would probably uh, kick out a lot of us in this room today. I, I've heard some of y'all's jokes. But, but what I am saying is that, man, you, you got to believe that Jesus wasn't telling jokes to, to get somebody to frown. And Jesus loved people. He enjoyed people. And I'm sure that nothing gave him more joy than seeing someone's face light up in a smile. Seeing someone be so happy and joyful. You know, he, he created life. And, and Jesus enjoyed life. And, and Jesus enjoyed people because I think he saw them how his father saw them. How many of us struggle to see people the way God sees them? You know, God, God says that, that we were created in his image, in his, in his image of God with, with all the attitudes and the actions. Do, do we see people like that? I think we also fail today because we don't see people the way that God sees them. God saw them as good. And if we can see people as good, 
If we can enjoy people like that, we're going to have a different perspective on a joy-filled life. Jesus enjoyed life and he enjoyed people. But, but what about those who suffer? And, I, and th- this is kind of always the, the, the second sentence of joy, right? Like, you know, we can have joy. I get it. Jesus was happy. I get it. God said his creation was good. You know, God loved life. Jesus loved life. You know, we can be happy at times, but, but what about me? You know, I, I've experienced pain. You know, maybe, maybe you've experienced loss. Maybe you've experienced suffering. You know, how, how can we have joy? How, how, can, how can we experience this joy? But I'm reminded of those who, who wrote the Bible. Yeah, a lot of people who wrote the Bible grew up and lived in, and the people around them were in the middle of hard times. I mean, slavery in Egypt, exile to Babylon, Roman oppression. I mean, these were hard times for these people. It was difficult. And, and yet God still tells them to have joy. God still tells his people in the middle of suffering, in the middle of darkness, in the, in the middle of what looks like defeat to have joy. Why? Well, maybe joy is not necessarily a reaction to present moments, but, but a belief, a, a choose, choice to belief in future reality. And when, th- when we think about joy this way, and we think about the followers of God in Jesus, their, their present moments were hard. I mean, they were worked to death in Egypt. They, they were separated from their families and their homes in Babylon. They were lit on fire in Rome. Their, their, their present moment was tough. And Jesus doesn't say joy is just a, a, a good luck charm and saying that, that life is going to be okay. But in all these different situations, we hear God's people and we see them all throughout Scripture claim that their God still wins. God wins regardless of present moments. Speaking of victory, uh, so a few weeks ago, some of you Braves fans... You, you experience the fullness of victory, the fullness of joy and victory. And I'm not a Braves fan. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan. Right, Miss Deborah? Cubs fan? Tim? Where's Tim at? Cubs fan? And, and we are the lovable losers, right? I mean, it took us 108 years to win one, but we did. And so I want to I show you a video here. Let's look at this. Here's the These are grown men. <laughs> mm. you, you watch that and you, you see the joy. You, you see the, the jumping for joy, the tears of joy. There's a video somewhere of me just laying down crying in joy. <laughs> Because it had been so, I've never seen any of my teams win, and that was like the first time ever. You, you see the joy on their face, their happiness. Why are they happy? Yeah, it was 108 years in the making. Um, we'll probably never experience another one again. So why, why were they happy at that moment? Maybe, it, maybe it's because they knew that they had victory. 
Maybe it's because they knew that there was nothing left to battle. There was no one else in the field. And they could claim victory and have joy from it. And so my question is, why don't we look like that? Why do not the people of God, who, who Jesus has said has overcome the world, not screaming for joy? Why are we not living a life and, and living a, in a way that says victory over everything? God has given us victory. Why are we not jumping for joy? I, I see some of us today, and even myself, I get, I get angry. I get frustrated, and we, we often live life like we've already been defeated. We live life in such a way that we walk like, like there is no battle, that we've already lost, and there's no hope and future, and I get it, I've lived it. But Jesus tells us a different message. Jesus tells us victory. Maybe that joy is missing our churches today because we doubt that we have it. We doubt that we have this joyful victory. You know, we hear the words of Jesus saying he's overcome the world in John, and our reaction is, I, I, don't, I don't see that. You know, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we say, I don't, I don't feel joy. Revelation says, hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory forever. And we just, we're not responsive to that. We, we cannot have Jesus' joy without believing in Jesus' victory. We can't. We will never experience this, this kind of victory and this kind of joy if we don't believe the scriptures when they say, Jesus has overcome the world. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Is anybody smiling at that? Maybe this will get you smiling. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We have victory. Now that's, the kind of, that's the kind of joy that brings us. If God is for us, what can stand against us? And if nothing can stand against us, why don't we have joy? Why are we not jumping for joy? Why are we not worshiping God with all of our hearts, minds, and strength? The joy, the joy is in victory and, and, and God reigns. Man, I, I just see us cower sometimes in fear and I, and I get it. But, but man, I can look in the face of death and have joy. I, I can look in the face of a pandemic and have joy. I can look in the face of shame and failure and defeat and have joy because my God reigns. My God reigns. It's beautiful. And so, so this week I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you guys to choose joy. Or, or as my uh, Hispanic brothers, forgive me. Aliguer la alegria. Y'all can laugh. It's okay. We're, we're in church. That was, that was terrible. Choose joy. Look, I, I, what, what I'm not saying is this. I, I'm not saying that, that, that we just forget about pain and hardship. I, I'm not saying that we bury our, our negative emotions 
or we bury uh, hardship, or we, we, we just live and put on this fake smile for people. That, that's not what I'm saying. Like Chris said, it, it, it's both and. Joy and suffering. But, but what I am saying is this, is that through that hardship, the joy of Jesus overcomes. The joy of Jesus un, uh, overcomes, and I, and I choose to have victory. I choose to be joyful in the midst of it. Amen? Hey, so this is all I want us to do. So, so this week, I, I want us to, to use our social media for some good. Okay, and so um, I want to challenge you guys to, to take a picture of something, uh, whether um, it's the beauty of God's creation, enjoying the life of God, or, or a certain person that you just enjoy, you enjoy the people uh, that God created, or, or maybe it's just something that, that brings you joy this week. I want you to post it to your social media and say, choose joy, or the, the second one. I'm not going to try again. I want you to, to show the people of this world that we have victory in the midst of pain, in the midst of sorrow. We choose joy because our God reigns. Man, ours is the victory. Yeah, for, for some of us, uh, this is easy. Like we're on cloud nine right now. Uh, we're just having a, a great time. God's delivered us from sin. God, God's delivered us from broken. Amen. And we feel like we can go and conquer the world and we are just behind Jesus running for victory and it's going to be easy. And so if, if you feel that way, if you're inclined, come, come down when we, when we sing together and share your victory. And we got to celebrate sometimes together. There's going to be elders here in the front and in the back. But for, for some of you guys, it's the opposite. And, and I understand. You know, for, for some of you, you're desperate right now. And you're just on your knees, just begging for joy. And you don't feel it. And you don't feel victory right now. You feel defeated. You feel broken. You feel hopeless and helpless. You know, some, some of you lost a friend this week. You know, a classmate, a teammate. That's hard, you know. And I think all of us have experienced that before. We, we all know what that loss is feels like. We all know what that, that empty pit of despair can feel like. Won't you come this morning and let the joy of the Lord be your strength? Won't you come this morning and delight in the victory of the Lord despite your present moment? We are here for each other. Guys, the victory's won. It's, it's not coming, it's here. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is here. Victory is around you. God has already overcome. You know, Revelation, one of the most beautiful passages of scripture, hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty reigns. It's in your heart this morning. It's all around you. I want to challenge you to choose joy. I want to challenge you in the midst of your suffering. To cling to God and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let's pray together. God, we, we love your joy. God, we, we, we all experience suffering. We, we all experience uh, loss. We experience failure, shame, anxiety, hopelessness. But God, in the midst of evil, in the face of the evil one, God, I pray we choose joy. 
I pray we choose joy in your son's victory. God, this morning, will you put on your, the, your people's hearts joy? Will, will, will we choose to, to not be uh, ridden down with suffering? Will we choose not to, to let the anger and the rage uh, that we can experience on a daily basis consume us? May we choose to follow the lamb to victory. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your people who strengthen one another. God, may we cling to Nehemiah's words and let the joy of the Lord be our strength this morning. God, we thank you for victory. Your, your son has overcome the world and we shout to you. May all God's people sing to you, God, and give you praise and honor and glory this morning. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and rejoice with one another for the victory belongs to the Lord.